0: How many love the word of God? I want you to go if you got your Bibles to Jeremiah chapter 23 verse 29. It's been a verse that we've been pulling uh, all of the messages from this year from uh, so far. It says, "Is not my word like fire declares the Lord and like a hammer that breaks a rock in pieces." The the prophet Jeremiah is likening the word of the Lord to fire and to a hammer that has the ability to break apart the rock. And I'm going to tell you this. As you face a brand new year, many of you, you're also facing obstacles in the goals or the dreams that you have. I want you to know this, that there is no power... That's greater than the power of the word of the Lord. That if you get the word of God on what you're doing, it will have supernatural power. And Jeremiah says his word is like a hammer that has the ability to break, or for your life, has the ability to break through, has the ability to break into, has the ability to destroy bondage, to destroy habits, to destroy strongholds. This word that Jeremiah later says God's watching over, to see that it's fulfilled Now I will to say this Because the problem for most of us is Everybody loves the word of God We got Bibles on our phone We got Bibles on the coffee table We got Bibles next to the bed We stole a Bible from the hotel we stayed at last week We got one from the Gideons You got You got all of them But hammers in the garage Don't break rocks So you have to learn how to swing Or yield Or use the word of God If you're going to just having a Bible on your coffee table isn't going to keep the devil out. All right, you, you got to learn how to use the Word of God. you got to learn how to yield the Word of God like a weapon against any attack or any onslaught that the enemy would try to bring at you. I believe this. In 2023, if you would give yourself to using the Word of God, to aligning with the Word of God, you'd see supernatural power in what you do. Because the word of God is like a fire, like a hammer that breaks apart the rock. I, w- I want you to go to another passage in Luke chapter 5. Luke chapter 5, this is now Jesus, a story in the life of Jesus, and he's going to use and show us even the power of the word. I'm going to read a couple extra verses just for context. It says, one day, as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, the people were crowding around him and listening to the word of God. He saw at the water's edge two boats left there by fishermen who were washing their nets. And he got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, who would later become Peter, and asked him to put out a little from shore. Then he sat down and he taught the people from the boat. And when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into deep water and let down the nets for a catch. Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. Now listen to these words. But because you say so. Man, if we would just catch that. Lord, if you said it, that, that's how you use the word of God as a hammer. You put action to what he says. He says, Lord, if you say so, if, if you say so, we will let down the nets. And when they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. So they signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them, and they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. I don't know if we have any fishermen in the house or fisherwomen. But that's a lot of fish if your boat starts to sink. I haven't done a lot of fishing, but I've been in some boats. And it's going to take a lot of fish to sink a boat. We're talking about such a miracle that they are in awe of what just happened. When Simon Peter saw this, he fell at Jesus' knees and said, Go away from me, Lord. I'm a sinful man. For he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of fish that they had taken. And so were James and John, the sons of Zebedee, Simon's partners. Then Jesus said to Simon, don't be afraid. From now on you will fish for people. So they pulled their boats up on shore, and they left everything, and they followed him. I, I, I want to take just a minute and just to focus on that verse 5. It says, because he said so, because you say so, because you say so I don't know if we have any parents in the room. I've got two, two boys, and, and I, I had a goal when we had kids. I had a goal that I wasn't going to be like some of y'all. All right. Uh, my, my goal was when, when my kids would ask the incessant questions like why, 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 I would just have an adult conversation with my five-year-old and explain the, the, why they're, the, the reason why they're asking why. So why, why, why do dogs bark? Why? Why do I have to shower? Why? Why do I have to brush my teeth? Why? Anybody have kids? And and, and so I, I started out on this journey. And we were having great conversations, but after a little while, got to be honest, I get it now. Why you do that? Because it's like, why? Why? Why can't I pee right here? Why can't I pee outside? You let me last time. Like, stop. What? Why? Why, why do I have to use soap in the shower? Why do I have to shower again? Why can't I wear the clothes I wore yesterday? Why? Why? All the whys. Finally, I'm exhausted, and I did what I said I would never do. I said, because I said so. <laughs> That's it. That's it. I'm done. I'm done now. It's because I said so. That is why. You're getting in the shower now. Because I said so. You, you, you know what I think? I think for some of us, this is how we are with God. Why God, why, 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 why her, why him, why, why, why 2020, why 2021, why, why 2022, why, why, why? We have all these questions. And and really the goal of parenting is to get to the point where you have enough trust equity with your kids that you say something and they don't ask, why? That would be amazing. Some of you still believe in, they're 35 and you're still believing God. One of these days. but, But your goal is to build trust. So that when you say something, they, they, they trust you, and they don't have to ask the question why. And, and I wonder if God is not sometimes exhausted with us and in our incessant questions of why, why, why. And we see Simon Peter as Jesus says, hey, put down your... They had been fishing all night long. Peter was a fisherman. He knew fishing. This is his trade. This is what he did. He had a whole night of failure. And Jesus says, hey, hey, why don't you put down your nets? It's like, we did, Jesus. We've been doing it all night, thank you, and caught nothing. But he didn't say that. He said, we've been fishing all night and haven't caught anything. But for some reason, Simon had faith to take Jesus at his word. And I want to ask you this question. Where did Simon Peter get that type of faith? I know for some of us we would say, well, it's because they've been walking with Jesus. Well, there's another story in the book of John where Jesus caused them to catch fish. But this is not that. There's actually two instances in your Bible. This is the first one. And this is the first meeting of Simon with Jesus. So in just a couple hours, this man has the ability to go fishing in the middle of the day after he's caught nothing. He says, if you say so. Let's do it. And I'm going to tell you why. In verse 1, it gives us the key on why he had faith. One day as Jesus was standing by the lake of Gennesaret, the people were crowding around him. And here's the key. Ready? And listening to the word of God. So we see that Simon was introduced to Jesus' teaching. Or can I say it this way? Jesus' word. And the Word began to do something in him. This is what your Bible says in Romans chapter 5, or Romans chapter 10, verse 17. It says, so then faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. So Simon found himself in the audience of Jesus, hearing the Word of God being taught, and when Jesus gives him a command, he all of a sudden has faith? Yes, that's exactly how it works, is that the Word of God produces faith. Faith. The word of God in you produces faith. If you lack faith, you've got to get word. You know, I think Christians get too, like, mature sometimes. Mature Christians are some of the hardest to deal with. You know, in the church, the hardest people to deal with are not new Christians. New Christians are hungry. Man, they're ready to learn, serve. They're all in. It's mature Christians. This is my 17th church in 15 months, and they didn't do it. Like that at this church. Well, you left that church. Like, I mean, it's like you left that one and that one and that one and that. Like, you, you, you got you to gotta learn. You, you got to learn from some of your journey. Like, what, what's happening here? What, 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 is, what is happening? It says, for, for many of us, we get so mature that we don't understand the simple things of faith. The Bible says, if you lack faith. Faith comes by. How does it? How, it comes by hearing. There's not a lot of other scriptures that say faith comes other ways. It's just faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So if you lack faith, you need the word of God. And the word of God begins to produce it. So I need to be in environments where the word of God is being preached. I need to be in environments where I can hear the word of God. If you lack faith, it is not because God didn't give you enough. If you lack faith, it's because you have not read, studied, listened, or been in environments where the Word of God is being taught, preached, or talked about. Because when you hear this Word, it's an, it is a spiritual law. It produces faith. The, 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 the culture can tell you there's no hope. But your Bible will tell you that God's not done. The culture can tell you it's impossible. But your Bible will tell you that with God all things are possible. The culture will tell you that your dream is dead. But the Bible will tell you that what you call dead, Jesus calls asleep. sleep. If you read your Bible, you give faith. There's no excuse for us as believers to not have faith. We've got to get word. You know, sometimes when I'm going through tough situations, I'll I'll fall asleep listening to the word of God. Well, you didn't understand it. Maybe you didn't even recognize it. Honestly, sometimes it's hard to fall asleep, but I need it that bad. Because my my lack of faith is in direct proportion to my involvement in the word. If you're in the word, you will. It's natural. You will have faith. Faith is produced by hearing the word. Of God. You know, for, for many believers, we, we want to hear, but we want it to stop at hearing. Because we hear, but we don't, I know this is a hard one, we don't obey. In, 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 in the Bible, in, especially in the Old Testament, in the Hebrew language, if you find the word hear, it never means just to hear in the ear, it means to hear and to obey. You can't, only in our American English language and our Americanized Christianity do we separate hearing and obeying. And in fact, think about this, parents, think about this. Do you ever tell your kid to do something just so they can hear you say it? Feels like that sometimes, but that's not, that's not why. I, I didn't say empty the dishwasher just so I could say it. Did you hear me? Yeah, great. Now I'm looking for action. I'm looking for you to begin to do the thing that you just heard. In Christianity, hearing and obeying should not be separate. They should be congruent. That if you hear him, you obey him. When Simon Peter heard the word of God, it produced faith in him. And when Jesus said, let down your nets, because he heard it, he also obeyed it. Hearing and obeying go hand in hand. The main assignment of a believer is to hear God and to obey God hearing and heeding god's word must be central if our worship private or corporate is to be truly christian it isn't enough for god to hear my voice i must hear his voice as the word of god is read as it's preached and as it's taught you know that if you can't hear god then you can read god we we have 66 books of God speaking. He says, I can't hear God. There, there's no excuse for us to ever say we don't have faith and there's no excuse for us to ever say that we can't hear God because when you can't hear Him, you can read Him. It's like He made a plan for us just in case we were too distracted and we couldn't hear His voice. He said, I'm going to write it down for you. I'm just going to put it right here so you can read it. But I want you to know this, you also can hear Him. That you can hear the voice of God. Not just what is written but also what He's speaking. You can hear the voice of God. My dad used to say this, that, that the voice of God is like an FM radio station. It's not if it's on or if it's not. It's, the question is, are you tuned in? That if you're tuned in, then it's always playing. Do you know the voice of God is always speaking? He's speaking right now. He's speaking right now to your situation, to your life, to your heart. He's speaking right now. And, and, and for many of us, we never take the step in maturity in our faith to begin to practice hearing the voice of God, which means you have to give yourself to rhythms of being in the place of prayer, of being committed to the house of God, of being in the Word of God. The, the voice of God is like a muscle. The more you work it out, the stronger it gets. If, if, you're, if you're only hearing God every January, I'm going to tell you, it's not going to work so well. But if you give yourself to the daily discipline. Of li- Not just on Sundays, but if you give yourself to the daily discipline of listening to his voice, you will begin to establish a ear to hear him. You know, the, the, there's three voices you hear. There's three voices that you hear. You hear the, the voice of the devil. That one's easy to distinguish, you know. It's like road rage. It's like, okay, that must be the devil. You and the voice of God. The hardest thing in hearing the voice of God is to distinguish between me and God. It's, it's difficult. It takes practice. But I'm going to give you a key. God's spoken word will always line up with his written word. So if God's speaking something to you and it's not in the Bible, that's you. Might be the devil. But it's not God. What God whatever he speaks to you will line up with what he's written. God's written word and his spoken word will never contradict each other you know what I think it's interesting is that Simon Peter as he's there having this conversation with Jesus he says we fished all night and caught nothing so he he states the situation but he says but at your word so he he trusted him enough and I was thinking about this as I'm reading this story I'm thinking he could have made so many excuses Peter could have made so many excuses he could have said man I've already worked all night and I'm tired you're already using my boat He said, I know, he he could have said, I know a lot more about fishing than a carpenter does. The best fishing is at night, not in the daytime. We already washed our nets. Jesus, you may know religion, but you don't know fishing. I started thinking, how many harvests have we missed out on because we made excuses instead of obeyed? That instead of just obeying the word of the Lord, the thing he's asking of us, we've made some type of excuse. Well, it's been a rough year. Well, you don't understand the situation. He knows the situation. Do you know that God's never asking you to obey to make your life worse? He's asking you to obey because it's only in complete surrender and complete obedience that we can really enjoy the, 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 the fulfillment of this life. God wants the best for you, but the best for you is not you running you. The best for you is God running your life. And when you surrender that life to him, he does a better job than we do. But for some of us, we just can't. Probably all of us at different times can't get that through our minds that maybe we would do a better job if... No, Peter didn't make any excuses. He just said, if you said it, then I will obey it. Obedience is a long-term commitment. When you begin to walk with obedience with God, it's not one and done. Oh God, I'm going to make a commitment. No, obedience is a long-term commitment. You need to understand that before you start saying all kinds of things to God, right? We pray crazy things sometimes. Like God, use my use my life. I give you the rest of my life. I'll serve you forever. I want to be tried by fire. I want. What are you praying? It's your fault. Twenty twenty happened. Y'all pray to be and, and and then it happens, and then we're like, God, why? It's like you said, I'll go through anything. I'll do it. You got my life. We have to be careful, but you need to know this. Obedience is a long term commitment obedience needs to be practiced daily it's a commitment long term and it's practice in my day to day life that means every day i'm just practicing obedience with god i'm obedient to hear his voice to read his word to be in his presence not just in church in my own time i'm carving out time in my sp- schedule time and space to be, we call it spiritual disciplines that we're establishing spiritual disciplines that we're growing in our relationship with jesus obedience unlocks the power of god you know if you study the life and the ministry of jesus you will find jesus asking people that don't have the ability to do what he's asking to do something like blind men to go wash in a pool across town like crippled men to get up and to walk so he asked him to do something before healing actually happens but it's always in the obedience that the power of God is unlocked. So as they stepped with legs that could not step, God heals them. As they washed in a pool that they had to find themselves to, God heals them. So it's not what they did. It was the faith it took to obey what he said. Obedience unlocks the power of God. You know what happens in a group like this when we all come together and we begin to worship God and we surrender to God and there's obedience in the room? The presence of God starts to multiply and magnify because you're obeying and I'm obeying and we're listening to the Lord and we're in sync together. That's, that's the power of all coming together. Obedience unlocks the power of God. First Samuel 15, says, but Samuel replied, does the Lord delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices? As much as in obeying the Lord, to obey is better than sacrifice. You ever been stuck in this where, oh, God, haven't you seen what I've done? What I've given up? I gave you my teenage years. I gave you my 20s. I gave, yeah, 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 yeah. And he says, to obey is better than sacrifice. Look at all the money I gave away. Look at all that. yeah, but are you obeying? I, I, I know it's trivial, and I know it's it's simple, and I'm not I'm not trying to deduct this Christian faith walk and life to to just small little steps. But friends, it's the small steps that take you on big journeys. It's the small steps of obedience. It's the small habits. It's the small disciplines that will bring you into a new year of 2023 that you'll react different that you'll behave different that you'll experience something different if you never change what you're doing you're never going to change what you're getting it's time for the people of God to begin to obey to obey God to hear you is to obey you as we close there's three lessons from this story, if you've taking notes, these are good things to jot down. We'll have them on the screen. But th- this is really important. When I listen to the word of God, it produces faith. Pastor, I'm just kind of lacking a little bit of my faith right now. you got to listen to the word of God. you got to listen, listen, listen. Read, read, read. Be in environments where it's being taught, preached, talked about. It will breathe life into you. My buddy has a church uh, in California, and he said he has an atheist that comes to his church every week. And uh, he's like, I don't know. I don't know why he hasn't got saved yet, but he comes every week. And uh, one day they asked him, like, why do you keep on coming back? Like, you don't even believe in God. He said, I always leave having more hope for tomorrow when I come to church here. He doesn't even be- he doesn't know that is God. But he came into an atmosphere of faith, and when he hears the Word of God, it produces in a, in a non-believer, it's produce, producing faith in him for his tomorrow. When you listen to the Word of God, it produces faith. When I hear the voice of God, all right, so when I hear, when I listen, that's one thing, it produces faith. When I hear, this is you personally, when I hear the voice of God, he gives me steps, Now, I wish in our walk with Jesus, he gave us like one big step. Like, just do this, and life's going to be awesome. But it's not that, right? It's like two steps forward, three steps back sometimes. And then over here, his word is a light unto my feet, and a lamp unto my path. He directs me. If I commit my way to him, he directs my steps. So he lights up just enough for me to take a step, and sometimes it doesn't make sense. But if I really trust him, because you say so, I'll step because you say so. I'm moving because you say so. I'm changing jobs because you say so. We're having another kid because you say so. I'm getting married because you say so. I'm staying married because you. Say, it's good. Good one, right? Go. Because you, because you say, you, but, but it takes history with God to establish trust in God, and it starts by. Faith being produced by hearing the word of God. But then when you hear his voice, he'll give you steps. And listen to this. When I obey the voice of God, it unlocks power. I'm telling you, I believe God's going to do something so new and fresh in our church, in this year, in your lives, and in your families, in your marriages, in your relationships. I, I, I believe God has so much. But you know that what God wants to do hinges on our obedience you know prophetic word is never a guarantee of what God's about to do it's an invitation to partner with God in what he's about to do some people say well there's a prophetic word and it never came to pass and then my follow up would be did you obey what God asked you to do because our obedience the the, the move of God swings on the hinges of obedience as I obey him you want to hear the voice of God Ask him, is there any area of disobedience in my life? That's a fun one. I don't recommend that for the, just the casual believer, all right? It's like it's very convicting. I, I, I did that one time. I was, I was praying, and I really felt kind of like good about myself at the moment. And um, I was just kind of like, Lord, Lord, search my heart, you know. You're not going to find anything. Like, Search my heart. If there's any area of disobedience in me, like, man, just search my heart. And immediately goes, goes, boom. I, I remember that somebody had given our family a gift. And a financial gift, and I, I committed to the Lord I was going to give that away, and I'd forgotten about it, and the Holy Spirit brought it to my mind. Like I, I was, I went in feeling good. Like, go ahead, Lord, take your best shot. He's like, Yeah, that one. I'm like, oh, if you want to hear God's voice, just ask Him that. What 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 areas am I just not obeying You completely in? And let Him. I I think wouldn't it be awesome as we start a brand new year that we just allow the Lord to begin to refine our life and our walk and our disciplines? This this is so cool. The the story it 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 continues on and it says in verse 9 it says they caught such a large number of fish that they were astonished. And I heard the Holy Spirit speak to me that for some people in this room that literally you're gonna get to the end of 2023 and you're gonna look back and you're gonna be astonished at the goodness of God. That you literally are going to get at the end of the year and look back and just be a, how did you do it? I'm going to tell you, I don't know how God does everything he does, but I know this, he operates by faith and obedience. And when the people of God hear him and the people of God obey him, he unleashes his power. And I believe if as a church we would begin to do these things, that at the end of this year we would look back and we would be astonished at the goodness of God. I believe God wants you to be astonished at who He is and what He can do. I know you're facing an impossible situation, but we serve a God that specializes in impossibility. I was I was praying last week and I was preparing for the message of Saturday night, and I was studying and praying, and the playoff games were on NFL games and and Jacksonville was playing San Diego, and, and I'm like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to finish this message. I'm going to pray for a little bit, and I'm going to watch the second half, right? So second half, I looked at my phone, and the uh, Jacksonville was behind 27-0 to zero at halftime. I'm like, man, I'm not watching that. That one's over, and I went to bed. I woke up in the morning, I was checking Twitter, and I'm like, what phenomenal comeback, amazing comeback, right? Jacksonville comes back and wins that game, just unlikely, and the Holy Spirit spoke to me so clearly. He said, Dustin, some people are sleeping because they think a dream or they think a ministry or they think a chapter of their life is over. He said, but I'm not done yet. And I just want to tell you this and declare this over your year, that God's not done with you. He's not done with your life. He's not done with your heart. I don't care if you're down 27-0 and it's entering the third quarter of your life. If it's not over, God's not done. If it's not good, then God's not good. You will be astonished at the goodness of God. Friends, it happens on the hinges of obedience. And if the people of God would hear and obey, we would be astonished at the goodness of our God. Come on, can you give God some praise for a moment?